Welcome to the Young Money Podcast with Ross Moran. This episode of the Young Money Podcast is brought to you by More Time Financial, a financial planning, money management, and financial education business helping young Australians to make smarter decisions with their money. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Money Podcast. This is episode number 23. I'm your host, Ross Marais. I'm a financial advisor and lifestyle planner and run my own financial planning business called More Time Financial, which if you listen to the start of this podcast, you would have just heard a little ad or a little sponsorship from More Time Financial. So the business of More Time Financial, we provide three things, and that is financial advice, money management, and financial education to help young Australians make smarter decisions with their money, which I'm sure you would have just heard. And on this podcast, we talk about a number of things and mainly focused around young people, hence the name Young Money Podcast. So that's including travel, lifestyle, business, relationships, and of course, the really fun topic of money. So last week on the podcast, you would have heard the interview with James Ridley from Atlas Wealth, where we talked about financial advice for Aussie expats. So if you missed that one, jump back an episode and have a listen to that really great episode where James gives some really great advice about what steps you need to take if you are thinking about living and working overseas. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the really fun topic of tax. So given the fact that it is tax time at the moment, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, you'd be either have have already done your tax return for last financial year or you would be getting ready to get your paperwork together and get your receipts together and lodge your tax return and hopefully get a tax refund so that is what we want to cover in today's episode so we want to cover off the what how when why of tax and tax returns so first of all why do we pay tax and what is tax basically the government decides how much tax we need to pay and how much money everyone in Australia should contribute to the running and the upkeep of the country, basically. So the tax that we pay is a reflection of the amount of income that we earn. So the more income you earn in Australia, the more tax you pay. So some people like that system, other people don't, but unfortunately that is the way that it works at the moment. Before we jump in any further, I just wanna make a little disclaimer that I am not a tax accountant. I'm not a tax professional and I am not licensed to give tax advice. So anything that you hear on this podcast is of a general nature. And if you have any personal or detailed tax questions, you can put them through in the comments below or shoot me an email and I can put you in touch with the right correct resources to find the answers that you need or put you in touch with a tax professional that may be able to assist you with your individual tax needs. But It's one of the misconceptions that a financial planner and a tax um, accountant are the same. And if you wanted to hear a really great definition of the differences and what a a tax accountant actually does or what an accountant actually does, you can jump back to episode number 14 where I sat down with Ruben Bagola from New Wave Business Solutions. And he explains exactly what an accountant does and how they differ from being a financial planner, which is what I do. Anyway, back into the description of why we pay tax and what our tax get used for. As I said, tax, the tax we pay helps to contribute to the running of the country. And basically, it's our contribution to live in a first world country like Australia. 
And for those of you who have traveled, you would probably realize that Australia is one of the better countries in the world to live in. Things work, there's no potholes in the roads. We have a pretty good life um, in Australia. Some may argue that, but from my opinion, it's definitely up there with one of the best countries in the world to live in. So the tax that we pay goes towards our police and emergency services, it goes towards fixing roads and making sure all the public services that we take for granted, they work and they should they continue to do the things that, they, that needs to. Um, so this might be hospitals, um, schools, every other thing that you can think of that the government provides us, our tax in some way or another goes towards the running um, of the country. Now, what do we pay tax on? So I said earlier, the more money, the more money you earn, the more tax you pay. The most common things that we get pay tax on is our salary from our from our jobs. So if you're an employee, you work a nine to five, 40 hour week, you earn X amount of money, then you pay tax on that income. You also pay tax on any other form of income that you may earn. So that might be from an investment property. So if you get rent, you pay tax on that rent. If you have an investment, um, an investment portfolio and you earned dividends from any shares you own, that you pay tax on that as well. And pretty much anywhere that you earn income, that is when or what you pay tax on. Now, how much tax you pay will depend on how much income you earn. And then if we look at uh, probably a lower to average income earner of $50,000, you will pay tax of approximately $8,500 a year. And that is made up of your base tax rate, that is made up of Medicare levy, and for someone earning that amount of money with no other hex or no other income, you'll probably be entitled to a low income offset as well. So that just depends on your personal circumstances, but that just gives someone an idea of what tax that you should be paying. And that brings us to the next section of how do we actually pay tax? So if we look at that from an employee's perspective, so that is you work for someone and they pay your tax on your behalf. So if you looked at your pay slip, um, which I'm sure a lot of you by now would have either received a final pay slip or a group certificate from your employer. You'll notice on there each pay that you receive, so whether you get paid weekly or fortnightly or monthly, it doesn't really matter. But every pay that you receive, your employer or your payroll officer or someone in your business or the, the company you work for will work out how much tax to take out of each of your pays. So they will take that pay out and they'll take that tax out, sorry, and they will send that off to the ATO, so the Australian Tax Office. So each week, if you, if you looked at it from this perspective, each week your employer works out how much money you've earned for that week and they take out the tax that they think that you should pay based on however, whatever tax system they use or it might, they might use some, um, some software that does that calculation for them. So each week your employer sends off your tax to the, to the ATO and they also then send you your payslip for the year, uh, for the week, and that is net of tax. So they take how much you've earned, take tax out, and then they give you the difference and they send the tax to the ATO. Now it comes to this time of the year, so the financial year for anyone who doesn't understand that there's, there's two calendars that the Australian system work on. There's a calendar year, which runs from the 1st of January to the end of December, and then we have a financial year. So the financial year runs from the 1st of June till the 31st of July. 
So that is a 12 month cycle and that's what they've decided to be the financial year. So the financial system and the tax world works off the financial year. So come the 31st of July each year, they work out how much tax you've received or how much tax the ATO have received on your behalf. And then when you come to lodge your tax return, they run some numbers and they say, you've earned X amount. So let's take the example of, of Jimmy earning $50,000 again. They work out that in order for Jimmy to be a, um, an applying citizen of Australia, he must pay the tax office $8,500 approximately each year. So it gets, gets to now and he goes and lodges his tax return. They work out that his employer has in fact put away $10,000. So maybe their employer got it wrong or the payroll officer made a mistake or it was just that they like to overestimate it for the employee. And the ATO has $10,000 lodged against his name at the end of the financial year. So then when he comes to lodge his tax return, they run the numbers, they take Medicare into consideration, they apply any offsets or deductions that he's entitled to, and they work out that he, in fact, only should have paid $8,500 for the year. So that means he is entitled to a refund. So the ATO has $10,000 lodged against his name, and that is too much. He only actually has to pay eight and a half. So then he's entitled to a refund of the difference. And that's where the tax refund comes into play. And for a lot of people, they uh, don't really understand that you're not always entitled to a refund. And if this hasn't happened to you already, you, it might happen to you at some stage in life where you get to the end of the year and instead of getting a refund like you have the previous year, you in fact actually have to pay money. Now that is where a lot of people get upset and get angry. They were saying, well, why do I have to pay money instead of getting a refund? I got a refund last year. Why don't I get a refund this year? Why do I have to pay tax? And you have to look at what is, what's happened in your circumstances. So you may have changed jobs. You may have earned a lot more money than you did last year. You may not have had the deductions that you had the year before. Um, you may have bought or sold an investment property and paid some extra tax on when you did that. A range of things can impact how much tax you pay and whether you're entitled to a refund or whether in fact you have to pay money to the ATO. So it's really important that throughout the year or if you start a new job that you understand or you double check that your payroll officer or your employer is actually paying the right amount of tax for you to the ATO each week so you don't get hit with a tax bill come the end of the financial year. And this can catch a lot of people by surprise and this can upset a lot of people that they have to actually fork money out and pay money to the ATO instead of getting a refund. So it's important to understand what you have to pay and whether or not you're gonna to have to pay money to the ATO or whether you're entitled to a refund. So another few things that can influence how much tax you pay or how much money that you may receive as a, as a tax refund is what deductions or offsets that you apply to your tax return each year. So the common deductions or tax tax deductions that you that a lot of people apply are ta um, work-related expenses. So whether this is you travel a lot for work and you maybe use your own car, you, you pay for your own fuel. Um, so if it is directly work-related and that is you're traveling between meetings or you're traveling between job sites, then you are more than likely able to claim that as a tax deduction for work-related expenses. 
Um, if you have uniforms that you has has your company logo on it, or you've had to pay for that are directly related to your ability to earn an income, you may be entitled to claim a deduction for that. If you've had self-education expenses, you may be able to claim some money back for that. And if you've made any donations to charities throughout the financial year, you may be entitled to claim that back as a tax deduction as well. And if you jump on either a website called Money Smart or you jump on a, the ATO directly, so that's ato.gov.au, which I'll include the links below, you'll be able to see a full list of tax deductions that you may or may not be entitled to. And this is always a really gray area on what you're entitled to claim back as a tax deduction and what you're not. So you find a lot of people try to push the envelope on how much they money they can, how many deductions they claim and how much money they claim back from the ATO or from the tax office each year. And some people do it illegally and claim things that they didn't actually pay for. And that's where tax, the people get hit with fines or that's where people have, have a tax debt when they owe the money, owe money to the ATO. Now that feeds in nicely to the next area of how do you actually lodge your tax return or how do you do your tax return? And there's two options and depending on your personal circumstances, either one of these may or may not be suitable for you. Generally speaking, if your income and tax affairs are relatively simple, you may be able to lodge your tax return yourself. So you can go through the website of MyGov and there's instructions there on how to lodge your tax return yourself. And when I say your income and your tax affairs are simple, this may be you're an employee of a company and that is the only income that you earn. So you just get paid your regular paycheck each week. You don't have any investment properties, you don't have any share portfolios, you don't, earn, you don't have a second job, you haven't bought or sold any investment properties, you haven't done anything for the financial year except work your regular job and that's the only income you've earned. Um, you've got no hex, you've got no other, no other forms of income, then your tax affairs may be simple enough that you are able to lodge your, your tax return yourself through the MyGov site. But again, that depends whether or not you feel competent or you feel happy to do that. On the other hand, if your tax affairs and your financial affairs are a lot more complex, so that means that you have multiple streams of income, maybe you work three or four jobs, you have an investment um, property where you earn rent from, you have a portfolio of shares that you've got dividends from, you own a company, self-employed. If you've got a lot more things going on, then it's probably a good idea that you hire a professional. So that might be your regular accountant that you use for your business, or you might need to find a new accountant if you don't have one. Um, and you just want to find a professional that you're comfortable with that is going to do the best job for you. And there's lots of different steps and tips you can take to hiring a suitable or professional accountant to help you with your tax each year but definitely if your tax affairs are complex then you may might maybe more beneficial for you to pay and hire a professional to help with your tax return and to help you lodge your tax return for the, that financial year it's important to remember that whatever way you decide to go whether you're going to do it yourself or whether you're going to hire a professional that there are a cutoff there is a cutoff date of when you need to lodge your tax return by so Generally speaking, that your tax return has to be lodged um, before the 31st of October each year. Um, especially if you're doing it yourself, that's a cutoff. If you are hiring a professional, um, you need to have made contact with your tax professional or your tax agent prior to the 31st of October deadline 
um, and they may be able to extend that timeline for you if you are hiring a professional. But definitely if you are looking for more information around this or you're concerned that you're not going to be able to get your tax return in time, then definitely head to the ATO site and there's steps um, to take on what you need to do um, if you think that's going to be the case. Now, moving a little bit away from the technical aspects of when and how and what tax means and, and when you have to lodge it by, and what we want to discuss is how to make the most of your tax refund. So let's assume that you are entitled to your, your tax refund this year, your employer's put away enough money for you, or if you're self-employed, you've put enough money away each week or each fortnight, um, so you're actually entitled to a tax refund, which according to a ATO survey done last financial year, so for the 16-17 financial year, the average tax refund received by Australians was around about $2,500, which is a nice little kick along. So you may receive a lot more than that, you may receive a lot less than that, but either way, assuming that you are eligible um, for a tax refund, then you need to decide what are you gonna do with it. And what I'd recommend is that you decide and put in place a plan of what you're going to do with your refund before you actually receive it. So saying you're gonna do one thing and then when you receive the money, invariably we do something completely different if we don't have some structure, we don't have a plan for what to do with that money. Because as soon as that money gets deposited into our bank account, all the plans can go out the window and it's a lot easier just to blow that money on something that could have been, or some money that could have been used for something more beneficial rather than just buying um, a new pair of shoes. So my recommendation of what to do with your tax return is number one, and this isn't going to be the most, this isn't going to be the probably the advice you, you, you don't want to hear, but I would recommend that if you, if you have any form of debt that you pay down that debt with your tax refund. So if you've got a credit card outstanding, use your tax refund to pay down that debt and get rid of that ASAP. If you've got a personal loan, here's your tax refund to pay down that personal loan. Or if you have any hex debt or any student loans, then I'd recommend paying down that debt as well. So as I said, probably not the advice you wanted to hear, but that is definitely my recommendation. Get rid of any debts that you own or owe. Secondly, if you don't have any form of emergency fund, so that if that means if you don't have any form of savings in your bank account, then I would strongly recommend that instead of blowing your tax refund, you put this money into a high interest savings account and leave it there for any emergencies. So you probably would have heard my recommendations on the podcast before where I talk about aiming to have between one to three months worth of income or one to three months worth of living expenses. So that just covers you that anytime life throws you any form of emergency or any form of curveball, you've got enough money sitting in there and you're not reaching for the credit card to pay for it. So you can see pay down debt, build up emergency fund, really um, safe and really wise idea to do those two things. Number three, if you have no debt and you've got a nice emergency account set up already, then put that money towards savings. So if you're saving for a house deposit, maybe you've got a wedding or you've got a new baby coming up, coming along the way, then use that money and put it towards savings. Or you may look at starting to invest that money. So just making those smart decisions on what you should do with that money can help help you down the road. 
let's assume that you've been really good, you haven't got yourself into any debt, you've built yourself up a nice emergency fund, you've got enough money put away for your next holiday, your house deposit or your wedding, then you've ticked off those three items, then I would recommend that you actually enjoy it. So you've worked hard all year, you've, you've done all those things already and it's time to actually enjoy it. So this might be booking a holiday, this might be buying something that um, you've been holding out on. So maybe a new clothes, um, something for the house, um, buying yourself a new TV or putting something towards yourself that you're actually gonna enjoy and rewarding yourself for the hard work you have done throughout the year. So as I said, I would recommend that you commit to making the most of your tax refund before you actually get that money in your bank account. So if you haven't lodged your tax return, or you haven't gone to see your account, accountant yet for this financial year, then I would really recommend that you either write it down on what you're gonna do with that money or you give someone else the power to do that for you. So whether that's a partner or your parents to say, as soon as that money comes in my bank account, I want you to take it and so I don't use it and I want you to pay down my credit card or I want you to hold it for my savings or my emergency fund. So if you're not great, you manage your money, then you might need to get or employ someone to to help you with that. So there you have it. There is a summary on tax, which as I said, is not the most exciting topic in the world, but we've covered off why you need to pay tax, what you need to pay tax on, how you do it, whether you do it yourself or you hire a professional, when you need to do it. So at the end of the financial year, make sure you get it in before the 31st of October, and then how to make the most of your tax refund. So paying down debt, building up emergency fund, putting it towards savings, or if you've done all that, go out and enjoy the hard-earned money that you have received. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Young Money Podcast. Um, if you want to support this podcast, then there's a couple of ways you can do that. First of all, share it with a friend. So if you have got value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could um, share it either on Facebook or share on Instagram or just send an email to your friend and say, hey, found this awesome podcast, got a lot of value out of it. I think you should listen to it. If you could head over to iTunes and leave a review, rating and a review on iTunes, that would mean the world to me because that just means more people have the opportunity of seeing this podcast um, and that means one more person that maybe have received a bit more financial education than they may have received in school and finally if you have any questions or anything that you'd like me to cover on the podcast you can leave it in the comments below or you can find me on social media either on instagram or facebook and shoot me a message there and let me know what you think and if there's anything that you'd like me to cover in future episodes hope you have a good week and i'll see you next week for episode 24 of the young money podcast enjoyed this episode of the Young Money Podcast, make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest episodes and feel free to leave a like, comment and share it with a friend.